Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things health, wellness, self-care, and real talk. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, health coach, actor, and badass extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought with some serious real talk to help you find your passion, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode 17 of the pod. Oh my goodness, y'all. Y'all. Keep saying y'all as if I'm from the South. I think I just, I think you guys are just making me want to be Southern. It's cool. Um, if you were new around here, I'm not a, I'm not a Southerner. I do live in the Midwest though. Um, but actually Canadian. Could you guys make that out? Could you guys figure that out from all of my, all of my words? Or do I just sound like a normal human? I don't know. Anywho, I'm super excited about today's episode. And this conversation is super different. And you know I'm all about giving you guys access to people and tools and conversations that are going to really expand your mind and your heart and hopefully give you some tools to be able to show up and live your fuck yes life. But before we get there... I am so excited to announce that today's episode is brought to you by The Busy Babe's Guide to Healthy Living. It is my ebook that is currently on my website. You can find it under amandacatherineloy.com forward slash shop. And it is right there for you. And it is seriously my favorite thing that I have ever, ever created. I am so proud of it. And it is something that I put to my own use every single day. So a lot of you guys have been reaching out saying, you know, how do I, you know, get to work with you from a health coaching perspective and, and whatnot. And, and sometimes, you know, my, my, my packages are just not where you guys are at right now with your goals or, or where you're at in your budget stuff. And so I really want to make sure that I was accessible for everybody. Um, it is less than a class <laughs> that you would go, um, to it's like a soul cycle class. It's basically half of a soul cycle class, which is crazy. Um, and you get all of the tools and tricks that I use in my day to day from starting my day, right. in my morning routine, and really, really setting myself up for success from a self-care standpoint. I share all my journaling tips, all my tools, um, but also the meat of meat and potatoes of it all is my, my meal prep guide, my meal plan printable, uh, food list guide, and so on and so forth, and so many amazing recipes that I use every single day um, in my own life and wanted to pay forward to you guys. So hop on over to uh, to my website or you can just check out the show notes for that link. And today I am so stoked to shout out the amazing Alyssa. Um, Alyssa4528 is how she is on the iTunes review page. Um, and she says, I absolutely love everything about this podcast. Amanda is authentic and covers real issues women are going through. She inspires me to live my fuck yes life. Looking forward to future episodes. Thanks, girl. And I am so glad that you have been really, really getting some good stuff from the pod. It means the absolute world. So today, oh my goodness, today's episode, I want to preface this by saying that if you are a person who has struggled with trauma in your life, um, or if you are a person who is easily triggered um, by hearing uh, recounts of traumatic experiences from a sexual nature, from a just overall traumatic nature, um, I would proceed with caution. That being said, I really believe that listening to Hannah's story and seeing how far she's come and and being a part of this process um, was really empowering for me. And I also know that I've spoken to many of, of you who have experienced trauma in your own life. And having a, a, 
hearing someone else share their story surrounding it has, you guys have shared that it has really helped you on your own personal journey with what you've been through. So, and this is whether you have been through a traumatic experience or not in your life or what you would quote unquote call trauma. Um, you know, I I really empower you to, to approach this episode with an open mind because I will even say that, a lot of the stuff that Hannah talked about talks about in our our conversation were things that made me um, go very outside of my my comfortable bubble. Um, you know, she's very deeply engaged in the spirituality world, which is something that is very new to me and something that I still approach with a lot of caution, as I know many of you uh, feel the same way. Um, but she has had a full life of a lot of hardship and has transformed that into this really incredible story where she is living a soulful and positive and bright life. Um, and so much of the work that she does is rooted in a lot of her past. So, um, I really, really look forward to hearing your guys' thoughts on this conversation and, and I really empower you to approach this with an open mind. So that being said, Hannah Beer um, helps creative entrepreneurs, artists, and do-gooders feel good in their own skin and confidently create the beautiful lives and fulfilling careers they've always wanted. She offers one-on-one coaching, e-courses, and soulful podcast episodes for kind creatives who don't know how to achieve the success they desire. Hannah is a soulful success coach, energy healer, family constellation therapist, and a priestess of the divine feminine. She runs the podcast Mystics on a Mission show and currently lives in Amsterdam, the Amsterdam in the Netherlands. So you guys, like I said, (laughs) she has a whirlwind of stuff that she offers and we talk all about stuff from her past and her history with trauma, um, going through her childhood and kind of the moment where everything changed for her and she could have gone one route, um, which would have, you know, as she says in the episode, you'll see ended her life, um, or, or taken the path that was scary and less traveled and she chose life. And, and out of that, she has formed this, this relationship with herself and this business and all of these things. And so, yeah, I just really look forward to hearing your guys' thoughts and, um, and without further ado, here's Hannah. Like your story is so, it has already touched my heart and my soul, and so I just can't wait for all listeners to get to know you better, and um, and also just like for me to get to know you better and like learn from you because there are so many beautiful things you're doing that I'm like, what the fuck is this like goddess archetypes and like this whole like family constellation therapy model? Like what? Like I had never heard of that before, so I'm just really excited to learn from you and and to hear your heart and 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 to have this combo. So. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. So I guess like, let's just get started then. Let's dive in if you're all good. Um, so like in terms of your life, I know you have had kind of a whirlwind of a journey to get to where you are today as we all have, but I feel like, y- I feel like you've been through the, the ringer. <laughs> um, and so I would love to hear kind of how, I mean, you, you're thriving, you're killing it. Like you're, obviously showing up for your life in ways that are really intentional now. So how did you get from, you know, struggling and and going through all of your anxiety and PTSD and all that stuff? um, And how did you get from there to where you are now? 
Yeah. So, wow, that is such a big question. (laughs) (laughs) I guess a good place to start is to just um, tell you guys a little bit about the family that I was born into. So I was born into a very abusive, traumatized um, kind of family. So I have a lot of war trauma. Mm. Both of my um, grandparents on my mom's um, side were refugees during World War II, and then they came to Germany. They had my mom and two of her sisters, and all of that like really ripples throughout our family mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, anxiety and depression running in my feminine lineage, and then on my dad's side, my dad um, had 13 siblings. Not all of them wow. are alive still, because <laughs> it's like... They just had so many children and many of them already passed away naturally. Mm. And my dad was serving in the United States Army and he also experienced extreme war trauma. And so I was born into this family that was already extremely traumatized. In addition to that, I experienced sexual abuse for the first time when I was seven and Mm. I was raped a few more times. Throughout my childhood and teenage years, I became anorexic at the age of nine. I had extreme PTSD and anxiety disorder. When I was 12, I stopped speaking, which is something that sometimes happens to people when the nervous system is kind of on overload. Like there's, there are too many, um, too many stimuli. And so parts of our brain and our nervous system kind of shuts down and we're not able to um, you know, to like have those natural functions anymore. I'm mean, even like, it's so hard for me every time to tell my story. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I really have experienced so much stuff. And on top of it, I worked with a therapist starting from the age of 14 and she was one of the best therapists in her field. She was also a psychiatrist and she was, um, basically the best person for me to work with at the time, but even she wasn't able to help me. And so after all those experiences, I graduated from high school. I tried to find a new therapist. All the therapists in town rejected me saying that my case was too severe. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of thought to myself, like, I have been barely alive all of my life. I have no idea how to turn this ship around And I seriously contemplated whether or not I even wanted to give this life thing a go. Because I realized that most people who grow up like me, they die at 27 or they become addicted to drugs or, you know, stuff like that. Like it's, it's crazy even that I got that far. Holy crap. (laughs) I feel like my whole body just went, whoa. (laughs) Um, First of all, thank you for sharing so openly. Um, And second of all, like when it comes to to dealing with all that, I mean, now you're in, it seems at least that you're in a place that of, of peace and of, of light. So like, take me back to that, like that girl who was, who was leaving high school and, and wondering like, you know, how do I, how do I move on? How do I, how do I continue this path and what kind of shifted, like, was there a moment or was it a bunch of moments that kind of shifted you into feeling like, no, this is, this is a path I want to take and I'm, I'm going to find, fight my way out of this. Yeah. For me, there was a turning moment. Um, so after high school, I moved away. I went to fashion school 
I loosely held the dream of becoming the CEO of an eco-friendly fashion company, mm. but I, I, I was kind of one foot in the door, one foot out of the door. Yeah. Um, and I started drinking. I just got wasted. I partied for five, six days in a row. I would take whatever pills anybody would give me. I got roofied a bunch of times. I just, I did not care. Mm-hmm. And then this one night, I woke up in a room with a bunch of people I didn't know, somewhere in a part of town where I'd never been before. It was early in the morning. My body felt terrible because mm-hmm. I got I took something again, and it wasn't good. And I had never had such a terrible trip, and I was all over the place. And so I was in the middle of the night, and I just left my shoes at that place. I just grabbed my purse, and I started running. And so it was in the middle of the winter. It wasn't like a safe area to just run around in the middle of the night. But I just ran, ran, ran towards my apartment and I was crying. I was still high on something very sketchy. And I vowed to myself to make a choice. Like I did not expect myself to have a reason to live because the truth was I did not. And I so understand people who um, take their own lives because they understand what it's like to have nothing to live for. And as human beings, I do believe that we have free choice. And I really thought to myself, like, what are you going to choose? Are you going to keep half-assing this thing? Or are you just going to make a freaking choice? And at that moment, I was like, I have nothing to lose. I'm probably doing the stupidest thing I could do, but I'm going to choose my life. And even though... I don't know anybody who has healed from that. And even though like I have nobody guiding me, I have no idea what I'm doing. I know that there are other people like this who are dying very early or who don't know what to do with their lives. And there's nothing I can lose. Even if it takes me 40 decades to figure it out, if there is something to figure out, I'm going to find it. Mm. And that's basically how my journey started. Wow. That's... (laughs) That's so powerful. And and something I think is so relatable. I mean, I think anyone listening <laughs> has been at a at a rock bottom bottom moment in their life. I think we're not human beings if we haven't gone through something where we just go like is it worth it, you know? And 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 where we have those moments where we go like I I'm just it's I don't know what to do anymore and you feel so 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 alone along the journey. And so thank you for sharing that and for <laughs> and for for choosing for choosing life because you put out into the universe and I have not even really known you for very long, but in the short amount of time that you have been in my life and like that, I've been like stalking the shit out of you. (laughs) Um, Like I just, I, you emit so much light and so much goodness and the work you do is put, you're putting so many incredible, incredible other people in, up into their own light. And, and if you had decided to choose not making that, you know, not to, taking that path, like it's incredible what, what can happen when you decide to just show up. So I'm just, yeah, I'm so proud of you for making that choice and, and for being here. So Tell us a little bit more about like what you do now. Obviously you were, you know, at the time in- interested in fashion. So is that, is that part of your journey still? Or have you like, what, what led you to becoming like Hannah Beer? Like who, why are you, who are you are today now? 
Uh, yeah. So one of the first things that I kind of found when I decided that I was going to try this healing myself project, um, I started with nutrition and I feel like so many of us start with our bodies. Yeah. And I studied Ayurveda, I started practicing yoga, and then people started asking me why I smile for no reason. So I started teaching yoga. So I was still enrolled in fashion school at the time. Mm -hmm. And I started teaching yoga at the park. More and more people started joining my yoga classes. Nobody knew what yoga was at the time. I was the only yoga teacher in town. And I just, after each yoga class, like people would come up to me and they would ask me questions. They would ask me philosophical questions, Mm -hmm. questions about life and what I do and why I get up at five in the morning and I meditate up to seven hours a day because I took this thing like very seriously. (laughs) I basically lived like a monk for a few years and I started, I didn't know what coaching was at the time. And so, but I started coaching people. I started sharing with them what I was learning and why it's important to eat well and what it does to your brain chemistry and how to balance your hormones to feel better and why it's important to live in sync with nature, like your, and like all those basic body kinds of things. And later on, I chose to build my own business. And I did that when I moved to Bali right after college. And so I just moved to Bali just for shits and giggles. I took all of the money that I had, moved to Bali, started my business, enrolled in life coaching school, started coaching clients right away. And then my clients became my biggest source of feedback about what worked and what didn't. Over the years, I increased my rates. I started taking on more and more clients as I started realizing what works and what doesn't. So for me, I always um, knew that I wasn't in business in order to like build a fancy brand or something. For me, it was really about finding the solution. And so Mm. I studied biology, I studied neuroscience, I studied a lot about the body, nervous systems, brains, hormones. Yeah. And then that led me to studying um, family constellation therapy and energy healing. And when I really integrated like those parts into my work it all really started to click because before that I always noticed that I have some clients who come to me and they come from really good families and they haven't experienced so much trauma and they just need me to like put them on the right path and to lead them to where they want to be and I was able to successfully do that and then I had other clients who came to me who've experienced a lot of trauma and I was not able to lead them there And over time, I just kind of realized like why it is that people who've been traumatized need to take a few more steps before they can reach their goals. And that for me was energy healing and um, family constellation therapy. So those are two things I always do. All of my traumatized clients, because that for me was for the longest time, the missing link of why a lot of my personal healing and therapy just didn't work. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how your own journey can so much reflect like what you learn later when you're coaching? I find the same thing all the time. It's so crazy. So, okay. For those who are listening, who are like, the fuck is energy healing? You know, family constellation therapy. This is the first I had ever heard of family constellation therapy um, until like you reached out. And so I was like, okay, can we, can we talk a little bit about what those things are and why you feel like they're so vital? Yeah. um, Let's start with family constellation therapy. Sounds good. Um, okay, think of a flock of birds flying in a V formation. 
So all of those individual birds could fly in any direction. And I'm going somewhere with this. (laughs) But there is something, so biology calls it the morphic field, which is an energetic field. And it's a real field. It's something science measures and studies, and it influences many different um, areas of life. Like those morphic fields are not spiritual. They are Mm. real. And, um, so basically those birds flying in a V formation, that is what the morphic field of that group of birds does. And humans have those morphic fields as well. So when you get born onto the planet, you get born into a family system. That family system has an energy field called the morphic field. And basically this morphic field is a huge hard drive. Like it has a huge file on it that basically says, This is how you have to be, behave. Here's everything you need to know in order to successfully do this thing called life Mm. as a member of your family. And that is so wonderful and so loving. In the same way, if a little bird falls out of the nest and grows up alone or grows up with a different bird family, it still knows how to be the bird from its biological family, because that is information that was given to the bird through its genetic code, as well as through the morphic field of its family. Okay. And so, so sorry, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Please do guide me a little bit because I can get very scientific. No, it's good. And I want to make sure I everybody think the science gets is it. so important because I feel like so often, like, the spirit, you know, like going into the spiritual realm, like I, I am someone who spent a lot of years really skeptical and a lot of my listeners feel the same way. It's like, what the fuck is this, you know, new spiritual age we're moving into and like all these woo things that are coming out out to light. And, and I find it so fascinating. And I think a lot of it is, is really rooted in science. And so I think that's really important. So I love hearing about this. So you do you girl, you do you. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So Basically, like when you get born into a family system, your biggest need as a human being is to belong to your family. Mm-hmm. Like they are, your family are the ones who gave you the greatest gift anybody could have given you, which is the gift of life. Without your family, you would not be here. Without all those people who came before you, all of their blood, sweat, and tears, you wouldn't be here. Like you're the culmination of everybody who came before you. The reason that you're here is very calculated and it's very meaningful. And you were born into this family and it's a wonderful, beautiful thing. There are so many gifts you can receive from being in your family system. But it's also that we usually get a lot of negative stuff as well. So maybe there were some ancestors who experienced our war trauma or they had to leave their homes behind because they needed to flee to a different country. Or maybe um, somebody died in childbirth. And as a result of that, there's a pattern of hormonal issues in your family system. Or maybe there's a pattern of depression and anxiety that is running in your family. So What's really so if you have a pattern in your life that you've tried to fix and you haven't been able to with conventional methods, methods like thinking about it, reading a book, trying hypnotherapy, affirmations, Mm -hmm. therapy, like if you have been, if you've tried all those things and it hasn't worked, there's a good chance that the pattern that you have that is playing out in your life is an ancestral pattern that you have inherited from your family system 
and that is playing out in your life in unconscious ways. Mm. It is basically an unconscious way for you to bond with your family system out of love and loyalty, recreating the same issues they had, which is actually really loving, and you are staying in line with them. Mm. So would that include not just like obviously genetic things and predispositions to diseases or mental disabilities, but would that also include like negative mindsets or, you know, negative relationship with money or, you know, that kind of stuff? Or are you specifically talking just about your genetic makeup? Yeah. Um, I love that question because yes, totally. Relationship issues, the way you relate to yourself is oftentimes very family related, if not all of the times. Mm -hmm. Every time I work with somebody who's been adopted, even if they say they have good self-esteem, or even if they say that they don't miss their biological parents, like oftentimes, or basically in all the cases that I've ever experienced, there was this deep feeling of I'm not good enough, of nobody loves me, I'm not lovable. Mm -hmm. If my biological parents gave me away, who am I to have life? Like, I can't expect anybody else to love me because the people who brought me onto this planet didn't even love me. There, I must be so flawed. So our family history also really influences how we relate to ourselves. Mm -hmm. In the same way, the way you relate to your mom influences how you see the world. Until the age of three or four, you think you are one with your mom. Like little children don't know that they're an individual yet. That happens around the age of three or four where they start to individualize, move towards the dad and become their own person. This is the time of temper tantrums. Mm -hmm. And if you, don't, um, if you don't have a good relationship to mom, if you feel like mom didn't protect you or you rejected her, you felt rejected by her, there's a good chance that you'll relate to the world to your future partners and to money in the same way. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I see so much of that in my life. It's so interesting that you say the family history stuff, because I honestly hadn't even considered that from my own perspective. I ha I actually have a similar, um, family history from a war perspective. Um, both of my families were like in Eastern Europe during World War II. And my grandmother, my, her entire family was killed. And she was, she spent three years in Auschwitz before mm. the war was over. And so that family history is so ingrained in my life. Um, and, and by proxy in my, in my mother's life and, and, you know, I'm sure in my future children's life. Um, but it's something that I think is so hard to, uh, be able to access as just like an individual because you didn't experience it firsthand, you know, like it's, it's a piece of you and a part of you that you want to understand and explore and, and honor, but it's so tough to feel like you really understand how it's impacted you. So does your work with your clients when you do family constellation therapy, like what does that really consist of? And, and how do you shift those, those things that have, that have formed and, and, and taken place in the past? Like, how do you bring that to light in the present? Mm, that's such an amazing question. And I'm really sorry to hear that about your family. Oh, thanks lady. There's <laughs> such a big chunk of your family system just missing. And if you kind of look at your family as this con constellation of stars, if there's like one piece missing, 
it's like a Swiss cheese with a huge hole in it. And there's life force energy flowing through your family system. And when there's a big hole, it's like the life force energy is kind of draining out of one part. Mm. So everybody who has ever been a part of your family system needs to be acknowledged. They need to have their rightful place in the family system. We need to talk about them. We need to acknowledge their fate. And that really opens us up to do life a little better and a little differently than they did to Mm. succeed in in better ways, even though they weren't able to. Because sometimes when people have experienced so much trauma in our past and they haven't been able to fully process it, that trauma is just being passed down. And then later on, the generations feel really shitty. Mm -hmm. And we live in such an amazing time. Like, we live such comfortable, safe, wonderful lives, but why do so many people struggle with mental illness? Like there's no reason for it. And when I look at my own grandparents, they don't have any mental health issues, but Mm -hmm. they were refugees. Like, how does that happen? And this is like all this trauma that hasn't been processed is basically being passed down. And then younger generations have to well, well, we kind of take it on and then we say we want to process it unconsciously, mm-hmm. but it's important to give all this trauma back to basically say the fate that you've experienced must have been terrible. I honor you, but these are not my burdens to carry. Mm-hmm. This anxiety and depression that I'm feeling is not mine. I'm going to give all those burdens back to you. Mm-hmm. So this is just an example of what you could do if war trauma is something that is really present in your life. So you're saying like a tool, like in sort of like saying like I release it, but is that is that something that you feel like is is your is your biggest thing? Like okay, like let's just say, you know, somebody struggled with um with like they're struggling with PTSD from a, a trauma that they experienced in their childhood. Like you just release it and verbally release it. Is it something you would write down? Like what are some of the, your favorite kind of small tools and and ways to access those things so that you can kind of move forward and process it as you just said? Yeah. So family constellation therapy is something that is being done in the morphic field. So in sessions, I actually call in all of your ancestors and I set up this energy field and we do work in that energy field. So it sounds a little wild probably, (laughs) but yeah, like this is something that I do one-on-one with my clients. Um, But generally speaking, your ancestors are all around you. If you just ask them to like accompany you, to support you, to become present in your life, to help you heal your family system, Mm. they will. Like the very best parts of your ancestors are standing by and they're ready to help you out. So even just mentally talking to them and asking them for permission to surpass them and to live better lives than they were able to. Even that is going to be huge in the long run. And then obviously like for more specific things like adoption, miscarriages, Mm -hmm. abuse, sexual abuse, neglect, all those things. Like it, it makes a lot more sense to really work with a family constellation therapist and to resolve this in, in the morphic field of your family. You're like literally making me cry right now. (laughs) I was like, woo, I did not expect to get so emotional, but like hearing you talk about just becoming more present and, and whether, you know, whatever you guys believe, but I truly believe like that there is, 
there is a power in in connecting with your past and connecting with the people that have made imprints on your heart and I don't know. I was just, I, I had a vision of like my, my dad's mom um, who passed away a very long time ago and I never actually got to meet her. And I just had a vision of her, like having a conversation with her. I got so emotional while you were talking. Oh my gosh. Woo. <laughs> Crazy girl. That's beautiful. What a gift for her to show up for you. That's amazing. Yeah. She's, I've, I've, a lot of people have told me who knew her that I remind them a lot of her, which is really cool to hear. Um, so that's so, that's so awesome. So, okay. So family constellation therapy, and then you also said energy healing is something that you also work with your clients with. Yeah. Energy healing is a little bit of a different cup of tea. Okay. Um, I've always been very sensitive. So I see auras and energy fields and chakras and all that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. whenever I look at people consciously trying to see that those subtle energies, I've also been able to see dark clouds over people or Mm. stringy energy in their energy fields. And I always kind of knew what was going on and if somebody felt heavy or no, because I was able to see it. Yeah. But for the longest time, I didn't know how to heal it. So you can just kind of visualize sitting in the big beam of light. So this beam goes all the way up some way, all the way above your head. There is a dimension that we can call heaven. This is where your angels hang out. This is where it feels really joyful and peaceful and happy and loving. And this beam comes down all the way through your body and it connects to the center of the planet. Mm. If you just visualize sitting in this wonderful beam of light... And then allow the center of the planet to also send some energy back up into your body. And then just start radiating this light. So it's almost like you're becoming a big shining star. And this glow that is all around you, that is your energy field. Mm. And when this life force energy that is coming into you from above and below, when this life energy is um, not limited, when it can stay really pure and flowing and strong, you have a lot of energy that you can use to build a beautiful life. So you can think of this life force energy as the building blocks for the life that you want. You can use this energy to feel really happy. You can use it to heal your body. You can use it to make a lot of money. You can use it to build a business, to create an awesome family, whatever you want. But when you have a lot of junk in your energy field, say old emotions or negative thoughts that you've been thinking over and over again, or something tragic happened to you, like every time this kind of negativity shows up in your life and there's a strong emotional reaction to it, it shows up and I see it as a dark cloud. Mm. And other people might see it differently, but the more dark clouds you have, the harder it is for you to basically live a really healthy, wonderful life. Hmm. So if, even if you right now see some clouds in your energy field or you feel like your aura is really tight, which is also something that happens when we don't feel safe, just start pulling all of those energies out of your body and you can use your hands to do that. Hmm. So find the dark clouds, pull them out of your body and you can put them in a basket if you want to. 
I like to also visualize them falling down into the earth, towards the center of the earth. Because the earth loves her junk, she can compost it, recycle it, turn it into something really useful. And so the more you kind of clean out your energy field, clear out all those negative feelings, negative thoughts, negative beliefs, negative self-image, all those lies that you soaked up from society, the more you just let go of that, the more you are free to really choose how you want to live your life. And without all those energetic obstructions, we can kind of program new messages into you. So sometimes people have a lot of family issues or a lot of junk in their energy field will tell me that hypnosis doesn't work. When hypnosis really does work, but it works a lot better when it's not in conflict with your family system and when you're clean enough energetically that these messages can very easily like anchor in your energy field. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I was like doing it as you were going through. So do you feel like you can, you can read people's auras? Cause what if someone is like, I don't know how to read my light or my energy or like, you know, they're, they're not really accustomed to like being in tune with themselves. Um, like how would you, how would you suggest going into that process? And, and like, is that something that you, you, you can read yourself? Like, do you feel like you're in tune with other people's auras in that way? I'm assuming you are from the chakra work. I know you do and stuff. Yeah, I can clear people out and I can read them, but I have yet to meet somebody who wasn't able to do it themselves. Mm. Like every single person, no matter how much they tell me that they're not intuitive, they all know. Yeah. Like I'd be so surprised if there was one person listening to this podcast, not sensing any kind of heaviness or darkness or some kind of block that they wanted to release. For some people, if they feel it more like a physical sensation, some mm -hmm. people just know it's there. Some people see it. Some people feel it. However you perceive it, it's just perfect. This is just the way that you are wired. It's not better. It's not worse. And also there are many different ways in which you can release this energy. So you can even learn to clear your own energy in ways that are easiest for you. Mm, I love that. And I think that's such an important thing to that you just shared about you, you do know, like you guys, I think it's so easy for us to be like, you know, cause we're constantly on this rabbit wheel. And I know some of you guys are running around like with your chicken with like a chicken with your head cut off and just not making the time for yourself. And it's so easy to just like not feel, you know, like not go into that, that side of yourself because you have shit to do shit to get done and you're in that constant mode. But it's so, so powerful. What she just said is that, you know, like whether you feel it as a, that pit in your stomach or there's you know, your heart feels heavy or you're experiencing brain fog, like your body shows up for you once you allow it to slow down and, and listen a little bit. So I just think that's such a powerful thing that you shared. So thank you for for re letting me remember that too, because <laughs> I need that in my life, girl. Like I need more of your energy. It's so good. Wait. Okay. I'm so curious. Can you like read my, my aura right now? Like what is, what is my aura telling you? <laughs> yeah. I see some purple above your head. It's pretty dense. And then mean? it goes reddish orange around your head, like mm. around your ears on each side. And it gets more yellow and then a lighter blue the lower we go. 
Okay. And your energy is pretty compact. Like you have a lot of very strong energy, but it's in a pretty small place. So what does that and it mean? Would, <laughs> um, it depends. Like you could choose to make your energy feel bigger. Even mm-hmm. now you could just choose and you can do it with me if you want to. You can make it bigger than the room you're in. You can even make it bigger than um, the county you're in, bigger than the country. You can make it bigger than the planet Earth. You can also expand your energy field to connect with all the places, people, opportunities, you know, just the right things for you. And you can just kind of allow your energy field to get that big Mm. so that you can connect with those things. Mm. So I like to connect very big because my inner and my business is online and it's international. Mm. But for people who run local businesses or who have jobs, like you can just make your business, uh, your energy field bigger than the building you're in when you're at work. And you can just send a big burst of love into that space. And that might, you know, even heal your work environment. So usually it feels really good to just have a very big, big aura. Because you can really influence a lot that way. And also, um, one of my energy healing teachers, Christy Marie Sheldon, she always says, make yourself bigger than your problems. Because when you're trying to understand your problems, you're trying to stand under them so you don't have any power over them. Always make yourself bigger than your perceived problems Mm. because then you have control over them. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay. So wait, quick question about the aura, the colors, do those mean something specific or are they just sort of what you see? It's just what I see. I don't assign a lot of meaning to it. It's just, I'm not that interested in it, but I have some friends who are really into it. Like just recently I had a podcast interview with my friend, Ryan Yokome, and he was all, Oh, look at your aura. And he was all, I'm an indigo child. And I was like, cool, I don't know anything about this. And crystal children apparently have a lot of crystalline whitish energy, Mm. um, like color in their energy fields. I just read them when people ask me and I do it for fun. But also the colors change all the time. And it's just also you responding to your environment. It reflects Mm. how you're feeling. It reflects how your emotions are flowing. So it's not good or bad. It's just... It just is. Maybe it resonates with you to see your energy and maybe it has a meaning for you in some way. Does mm. it? Um, I mean, purple used to be my favorite color as a child. So immediately when you said that, I went, oh, that's like my inner kid. Um, and she tends, she's, she's been living in my head today. So that might be part of that. Um, that was, I don't know. That was just my first instinct as to where that was. Um, I was having like dance parties with my dog this morning. And I used to do that when I was a kid with my dog at the time. Um, and so it just was bringing me back to that, I guess. That's so cute. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Okay, I want to quickly touch on the goddess archetype stuff because you talking about that just like blew my mind. And so can you share with our audience what exactly it is that you do with your clients when it comes to goddess archetypes, what they are and and how you use them to kind of shine light on your day-to-day life? Yes. Um, so I am a priestess of the divine feminine. And I have kind of two priestess lineages. For those of you who know um, the Mists of Avalon, that book, 
it talks about my priestess lineage, um, which was connected to the King Arthur story. Mm. And those are basically the priestesses of Avalon. And our physical home is in Glastonbury in the UK. So this is like kind of my one priestess lineage that I know of because of visions that I've had while I was in the UK and just stuff that I've remembered about being in sisterhood, um, doing priestess work, working with the earth and healing people. And then in this lifetime, my priestess lineage is led by Ariel Spilsbury. I am not an ordained priestess. I've just remembered so much stuff that I don't feel like it, it hasn't been calling me was kind of like, I remembered so much stuff that I don't feel like I need to be ordained in this lifetime, or at least not yet. And in our priestess lineage, we work with 13 moon archetypes. And if you just kind of think of the divine feminine, like this divine feminine energy has 13 different flavors to it. Mm. And those 13 flavors are, are, are also within you. So you have a soul and your own soul can be divided into 13 personalities and through being on this planet and through all of our conditioning that we go through we usually only express a few of those personalities Mm. and the goal if you want to set a goal would be to reawaken every single personality that you are to become the full version of you so an example of one of those personalities would be the Lady of Communion. She is the goddess of the forest. She walks barefoot through the forest. She has the bow and arrow on her back, a little golden circlet on her head. There are unicorns running around and horses, and she's shooting at the target, and she's the perfect blend of masculine and feminine energy. So she says, I intend, I empower. She is the goddess of discipline, of intention, of devotion. Mm. And every single person has that inside of them. Depending on where you grow up, grew up and what your history looks like, you might not express that fully. And then other people might really resonate with another personality or, or flavor of the divine feminine, which we can call the dreamer weaver goddess. So the dreamer weaver says, I dream, I connect. Her symbol is the swan and she loves like dreaming and weaving and creating and she's very soft and like she loves roses and very like chocolate covered strawberries and and many people might reject that part of themselves and Mm -hmm. so we basically awaken all these different qualities and aspects of who you can be And it makes you a more full human being. Like you get access to all of your intelligence, to all of your emotions, to just everything that you can be. And it's so magical and so cool. That's awesome. Is there somewhere we can see all the different archetypes and like kind of what they represent? Um, I have many Pinterest boards on Pinterest. So the cool thing about the divine feminine is that it's being passed down orally and in sister circles and through song and art. So there are some books also, but all of them are novels. So I can even give you a list of books. If anybody here is into fiction, there are amazing goddess books that I can recommend you read. But if you're specifically interested in the 13 moon archetypes, you can only be initiated 
in them by working with a priestess or by joining a priestess circle. Oh, okay. So secretive. <laughs> it's like <laughs> going back to like the olden days where you're like, you know, you have to like join like the cult or like be a part of something in order for it to be like, I don't know, like in order to like initiate, it's kind of like, it makes me think of, um, I never did these in college, but it makes me think of, um, oh my gosh, sororities and how you have to like get initiated in before you can become part of the like community and learn and, and, and have all the access to all of the things that, and the perks that they have. (laughs) It's funny. Um, cool. Yeah. Definitely share that list of books with me and I'll put those in the show notes for you guys. If you guys are curious, um, but yeah, cool. Awesome. So many interesting things and like stuff that I will be so honest, like is so far out of my comfort zone. <laughs> like you're talking <laughs> and I'm like, this feels so, so, so kooky and crazy. But like, I know that it's a block that I've had for a long time in my own personal journey. And it's something that I'm open to being curious about instead of allowing that block to just shut down. So I really appreciate you being here and maybe you guys can relate and are in my, my shoes as well, but I just really applaud you and, and myself, I'm giving myself a pat on the back, um, for just being open to hearing your heart and the work that you do and, and taking from it what resonates and, and leaving what doesn't, because that's part of navigating life. And I think the important thing at least that I've learned in the last couple of years is get curious always about how you're feeling. And if you're feeling resistance to something, it's probably because you need to do some work around why that is. So I have some work to do (laughs) and I appreciate you for um, shedding a light on that and for sharing your heart and, um, and being here and sharing all those things. So I am so grateful to you. And yeah, it's totally normal to feel this resistance. Sometimes it's also about timing. Mm -hmm. And I know that the work that I do is still so new. You know, like all the priestess stuff. I know that there's a big feminist movement and like the goddess is coming back and the divine feminine. But to really live it is still something very new. And then family constellation therapy is something that is very big in Germany and the Netherlands and Argentina. And if you've never heard of it, and also like it might be a very out there and weird thing. So I totally understand that. (laughs) But but if anybody has any questions or they're like, what was that? You can always email me. (laughs) Yeah. And all of Hannah's info will be in the show notes. Um, She's also on Instagram. So you guys connect with her there as well. All right. We're going to do some fun questions to end this thing. All right. You ready? I am so ready. Okay. What is inspiring you the most right now? Stand-up comedy. Ooh, a lot of. I started last month. Like we're recording this in April, and March was my first month of performing as a stand-up comedian. Oh my gosh! What made you decide to go that path? Have you always been interested in stand-up? No. Just for fun. <laughs> I just I moved to Amsterdam, and I went to a few shows, and then I don't know. Just I think in February it clicked, and I was mm. like. I'm going to go on stage and I'm going to tell some jokes. I think I'm funny. So I guess I can try it. And one of my friends is a stand-up comedian and he got me my first gig and it's been flowing ever since. And I just kind of blindly commit and blindly make choices sometimes. And then Mm. I have to really 
grow into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I just had a ballsy moment where I was like, yep, I'm doing that. <laughs> oh my God. I love that so much. Ugh, I, I want to come see you now. I'm going to have to fly all the way up there and watch you do. <laughs> You're welcome to come. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. What's one of the silliest things you used to do as a kid? Oh God. I still do all those things. Good. <laughs> <laughs> if there is a worm on the street, or any kind of animal. I don't care if it's a beetle or if it's a slug. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to give it a name. I'm going to love it so hard. And I'm going to see where the next happy habitat for it could be. Mm. And when I was little, I would go to school with my hat full of worms and snails oh and God. slugs and <laughs> And stuff. Even today, sometimes I collect caterpillars and I mm. build them a house. Yeah. I just love animals. Oh my and sometimes there are no butterflies coming out. I just have a home full of moss, but even that is amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh, Hannah, like you brought me back to my six year old self. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with caterpillars. And I remember being in my backyard and I found this little guy and I kept him. And his name was Caddy because of course caterpillar and like we were the best of friends until he died in a week later but like the the week we had together was so joyous (laughs) that's amazing next time you get a butterfly you can freeze oh no don't freeze them but put them in the fridge so you can just like put the um the wings together put it in an envelope put it in your fridge and it's gonna just fall asleep because they only live a week, right? But if you have it sleep for a few days, you can extend its life. Oh my gosh, I'd never heard of that. Crazy. It's so cool. I went to a lot of butterfly um, events. Mm. <laughs> That's so awesome. I love that. All right. And the last question, what does it mean to you to live a fuck yes life? Um, the first thing that popped into my mind was walking through the darkness and just saying, yes, Mm. yes, 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 yes. Living in the frequency of yes. Mm. Even though you might not know where you're going, you have no idea what's going on. Just continue living in the frequency of yes. Mm. I love that so much. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with my people and for taking the time out of your day to be here. I appreciate you so much. And I am so excited to continue this relationship and friendship and love off of the pod. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we connected. And there you have it. Thank you so much, Hannah, for coming on the pod and for all of the show notes and everything we talked about in today's episode. You can find it on Amanda Catherine Loy. That's Catherine with a K, like a co- koala. I was going to say coconut, you guys. Wow. <laughs> koala. Let's say koala. Um, com slash podcast forward slash 17 and until next week i will see you guys on the interwebs come say hello i've been rocking the insta stories and this week if you are listening to this in real time um i will be heading to florida tomorrow for a retreat um with my coaching fam and it's going to be lots of fun and we're going to be getting super silly so be sure to come hang out with me on the insta and um i'm saying hey and as always if you love this episode share it with a friend share it with a family member share it with anyone who you think would love it um and and you know i always love seeing all your reviews and all your shout outs online so if you want to be shouted out on the pod make sure you tag live your fuck yes life if you're tagging us on instagram 
And if you are leaving a review on iTunes, obviously you'll be shouted out from there. So thank you guys so much for listening. Have an amazing week. I love you guys so much. And I will see you on the flip side.